Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself, Eric? I'm surviving. You know, if I'm, uh, I think we've talked about this. We're, we're still in the middle of kind of some self-quarantining going on and, you know. <laughs> I know. Working from home and all that good stuff. And like I said, uh, you know, uh, confession, I'm continually working on not being covered in cheese whiz and cracker crumbs because that's what I'm down to in my pantry. So <laughs> I should probably go outside sometime. Uh, at some point, yes. Or open a Get window. Get some air, please. Yeah, just, just opening a window would probably help a lot. It's cold, uh, though. That's the problem here. So I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So it, it, we are in the middle of, of lots of changes and things. But here's the thing is that I know that you are my rock, Tim. You are my mm-hmm. rock. You you bring me good information every time we get on a podcast. And uh, I'm excited to talk about today's topic because it's about it's really for business owners from what I understand. It is. You know, most of my clients are business owners, entrepreneurs, first, second generation. And as we go through our process for planning with them, one of the advanced planning topics we always focus on is advanced planning or what they call wealth enhancement. And as part of wealth enhancement, we always want to look at the business because it's typically the largest asset, you know, the, mm-hmm. the driver for a family's financial independence, for achieving their goals, etc. So today I wanted to cover what I call value drivers, which are things that we can help clients with, help them focus on their business to make the value greater. Uh, They continue to do exactly what they're doing, working day to day in the business, but we try to help them step back, step out, look at the business, uh, look at what drives the value so that regardless of what their plans are for succession, whether it's internal with family or internal with key people or just selling at some point. Uh, we just want to make sure, help them get the greatest value. So I want to talk about value drivers today. All right. Value drivers. What, what's our yes. first one we're talking about? First of all, when we talked with clients, one of the things we want to stress is why, you know, why, why do we even care about value drivers mm-hmm. and, and why focus now? Uh, oftentimes a client will come to us when they're maybe ready to retire or somebody, you know, prospect or lead comes to us from an attorney or a CPA who says, yeah, I have a client who's, you know, looking to sell. And I don't want to say that's too late. It's never too late, but you typically need, you know, multiple years, three, four, five years to really get things in order and mm-hmm. make sure that your business looks and, you know, focuses on these value drivers and so gets the, the greatest benefit. So we actually have a, an ebook that we, prepared that we can provide, you know, to anyone listening who wants more detail, because I'm, I'm going to cover nine value drivers today. Generally, I can't really dive into them too deep with the limited time we have. But mm-hmm. like I said, we have a, a great book that we can provide that has much more details. We have checklists and we have processes that we can help people go through if they have more interest, you know, in the topic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you've spoken many times where we've spoken together about kind of what that foundation for a succession plan looks like. And you've, you've been been talking about it for quite some time, that three to five years, even 10 years out, is really when you want to get started. 
But as you said, it's never completely too late. Um, if you're trying to, you know, be done tomorrow, well, you know, that's probably not very good planning. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But other than that, you've really got some ideas, and, and I know that you're going to share the value drivers today, but um, I don't remember what number of podcasts they were, but early on in your podcasting career, Tim, you really talked about succession plans and what that looks like, and, and you dove deep into it. So I encourage anybody listening to go back and listen to some of those first podcasts that you did. For today, where do we start with the nine drivers? Today, you know, I, one of my favorite questions or one of the things I, I like to ask clients uh, when they first start working with them or when we have an advanced planning meeting is, you know, how does this fit into your objective? That, you know, I, I really like how questions. So mm -hmm. when I'm talking to a client about their business and their succession planning long term, the how gets into these value drivers. So number one, we'll just dive right into it, is, and this is really the mother of all drivers. This is the key. Uh, next level management. Mm. You know, Eric, as, as I imagine you think about your practice, your firm, clients for years have asked me, you know, hey, if something happens to Tim, Tim gets hit by the proverbial truck, you know, what happens? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one of the reasons why as I've expanded my practice and as I work with other clients and talk about their businesses, you know, I have partners, I have uh, resources, I have a next generation that I'm trying to work with to to help the succession plan of our firm, for example. So I am dealing with millennials who are awesome, by the way. Let me just say that right off the bat. Mm -hmm. But uh, the next level management is one of the key drivers. So when I am talking to a client and we're looking at their business, we've talked a little bit about this in podcasts in the past. You know, the first step is really let's evaluate your team. Let's look at do you have a great chief financial officer? operations person, you know, how long have they been with you and how long are they going to be uh, with you going forward? So for example, if I, if you're thinking of selling internally, maybe the, you know, you need to bring in a next level, next generation of management to help you. If you're thinking of selling externally to a, you know, outside through a private equity firm or something like that, they're going to want to immediately know, okay, if you're gone as the owner, as the founder, as the patriarch, Who's next in line and, and you know, are we going to have to worry about creating a, a succession plan? So if you mm -hmm. want to get a better value, if you want to, you know, exit for a higher price, you need to make the business successful without you. Uh, yeah. And that has to be a focus on the next level of management. You know, and so that's, that's we call it the mother of all drivers because really the next level, the, the this next generation of management team that's coming up, they're the ones who are also going to help you with the next eight, you know, because because obviously they're going to buy into it and be part of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. for example, I have a we recently just hired Gina as our marketing person in our office, just as an example. And, you know, one of the things we did specifically was we said, look, we need a uh, long term next generation marketing person, communications person who will be with us. And as we we're uh, revising or updating the job description, you know, I, I got a lot of feedback from my partners about, well, what about doing this and doing that in addition? And I said, no, we really need to focus. We need to have this as our person whose communications marketing. She can't be worried about, you know, answering phones or, or doing, you know, meeting with clients or doing mm -hmm. financial planning. Mm -hmm. We really need a focused, organized chart of next gen uh, management people who can come in and take over down the road with our mentoring, with our training, et cetera. Yeah. And man, Tim, when you say that, it really, 
I can see business owners cringing in a way, right? Because <laughs> for like, sure, we, well, wait a second. The nonverbal is amazing. Yeah, you can't. That's all they do. I mean, come on, they've got to be able to do something else. But you are spot on. Uh, but getting business owners to that point as a coach, I've, I've worked with business owners for many, many years, and it's really, really tough because until you feel like you're the size where you can justify the expense of someone who's just going to stay in that lane. And mm-hmm. that's all they do, which that is, in this day and age, that is a full-time job, right? If you're doing it effectively, if you're doing marketing effectively, that is the full-time job for somebody in a firm like yours. What yeah. about those businesses that don't feel like they're at that point yet, where if I bring somebody on, they've got to split their time. they got to do 20 hours of marketing. they got to do 20 hours of, you know, DOFI, right? You know, director of first impressions or, or whatever, yeah. be on the phones, be on, you know, greeting clients, all that stuff. That can be tough. Yeah, I, I think the key is they've gotten to the place where they're at because they've been hands-on, always involved, managing every process. In order to exit, you need to delegate. You need to figure out who can do some of the things. You know, one of the most important things we talk about with clients is let's create a do-not-do list. You know, everyone has a to-do <laughs> list. I'm like, let's create a yes. list of things you should not be doing, you know, <laughs> yes. that somebody else should be doing. And let's, let's work on that. And then the other key thing I'll just talk about is you need to engage consultants. You need to bring in people from the outside. You need professionals who do this all the time. And that's a big sell. That's a hard mm-hmm. thing f- to get convinced people to do. But, you know, one of the things, you know, we've talked about it in previous podcasts. We have what we call the virtual family office. And it's designed to provide resources that we can tap into uh, for clients and you know, business owners as they need it. So mm-hmm. we spend a lot of energy screening, profiling, interviewing, questioning different professionals. And one of the groups we have kind of in our virtual family office are some consultants. I have a what we call a bench coach. This is a, a firm, two super successful ladies who really what they do is they, they come in and they help companies coach and prepare the the neck the bench of the next gen CEOs, nice. CFOs, etc. And so they're not, you know, I, I'm not smart enough to do it myself. I'm not big enough to staff that. But what I can do is I can continually screen, resource, you know, uh, and find the best out there um, and then introduce them to my clients as that need occurs. So in the case of business owners, especially when it's next level management, you're trying to bring in this succession um, you know, I started working on mine personally in 2014. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I'm eight years, nine years into it, and it, it's a long-term process. I brought people in, different specialists in, and we need to org chart, job descriptions, mm-hmm. compensation, benefits, incentives. These are all things you cannot possibly do on your own, and you need to bring in experts when you can. So this, like, this is why it's the mother of all drivers, because... If you don't do this first value driver, if you don't start it, if you don't, you know, work on it and commit to it, really some of these other ones we'll talk about will probably never occur. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me of a a video I watched not too long ago. It was about a bridge that was being built, and this was back in the 1800s, and the how involved it was because it was a bridge over a river, and they had to they had to create ways to get down to the bottom of the river to create that foundation, Mm -hmm. and the foundation had to be huge and wide and deep, right? And that's that's exactly what you're talking about. The foundation that you're building, it, I don't want to compare it to a pyramid. I would rather compare it to the, the bridge that I'm talking about. But 
those foundations were so massive to hold up that bridge for the entire span to get from one place to another. And that's exactly what you're talking about. You want somebody to be able to transition out of a business. If you don't work on those foundations and make them very robust over that time, those eight years that you've already spent, the 10 years that somebody else is going to spend, you just don't want that bridge to fail halfway through. Yeah, I agree. And you know, the role of the the leader, the role of the founder, the owner, it changes. They've grown the business. They've created what's there. It's amazing. They have to really then focus energy on attracting the best and the brightest mm -hmm. and then helping them focus, making sure that they're focusing on, you know, what their jobs are, uh, mentoring, leadership. So the role changes, the skill sets change. So part of it too is helping business owners maybe with, you know, training, education, consultants, things that can, you know, help them be better leaders, better mentors, yeah. you know, and help these other people focus. So it's easy to say next level management is a value driver. Obviously, it's much harder to implement and it takes a long time. So, you know, the, the takeaway I would stress with this first one is, you know, it's never too late to start because it's going to take you a long time to do it. We're all going through a major stress test right now economically mm -hmm. as a result of the coronavirus. This, as we're coming out of it, this is really where, you know, it's a good opportunity for people to evaluate everything. And then I think this would be one of the value drivers everybody should think about. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. So Eric, before we move on, I just wanted to cover one more item about engaging consultants and specifically kind of sure. talk a little bit about um, this bench coach, uh, bench strength coaching program that I've used with other clients. Mm -hmm. We had a podcast recently where we talked about, um, I, I, had a, I had a consultant, I, she's a, actually a um, facilitator. She talked about a piece of property that she had uh, managed with her family that they owned for generations to kind of figure out how to <laughs> appease all the parties, mm -hmm. split it up, who wanted it, who didn't. Well, her name is Susan Gillatley, and she's actually involved with another uh, partner of hers, Dawn Rowley. And they have this great program called Bench Strength Coaching. And what they do is they come in and they'll evaluate your your bench, you know, mm -hmm. who is next in line, who do you have, you know, who are you mentoring, who are you training, this next generation of management. And then also kind of give you some guidelines for, okay, if, you're, if, if you don't have the A-team, if you don't have what you want, how do we go through the process of getting that? Yeah, that's um, they've also done a really great program uh, they call it Women Rising, where they're really trying to promote a lot of um, more women into the CEO positions. And they've got a series of um, trainings. They have, um, I should say, seminars and other things around the country. But I just wanted to throw that out because I'll be interviewing Susan uh, in a podcast coming up, I think, next month. And um, so that's kind of a teaser for that one because I think you'll, the audience will really like that. Oh, I'm going to. I'm going to geek out on that so bad. <laughs> Seriously, that I mean, that's just thinking about how that works and that the relational dynamic that happens when, when they go into a business to evaluate, I can see a lot of things going very, very positively. I can also, obviously we, as, as a coach and a, and a consultant myself, when I go into an office, sometimes there's some, you know, some concern from, you know, specific employees. I've had a couple employees that really didn't like me right off the bat because they thought I was there to fire them. <laughs> mm -hmm, not right. my job. I'm not here to fire you, but yeah. <laughs> if you're not doing a good job, that might be an end result, but that's not my decision, right? Yeah. But it's it's a great thing to be able to think about 
them going in and and taking a look. I just I'm obviously when you say bench, first thing I think of is baseball, right? Yeah. So exactly. you're looking at your players sitting there, and if you really help them to understand that this is going to make each one of them a stronger player on the team, man, what motivation? You know that I, I think it's man. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Like I said, I'm kind of geeking out about it already. So. Um, I'll definitely be there for that podcast. Just to let you know. Yeah, and, and I always I joke, but I'm serious that you know if I went back to school uh, 35 years ago or whatever, I'd probably take more psychology and less accounting. Yes. But um, because really that's what it that's what it is, and mm-hmm. that's when I when I do my reading, um, we're, we're going through these crazy market times, so I'm spending all my energy on that. But you know, before that, and once we get past this, uh, a lot of the reading I do is is really about um, that. You know the the transition, the leadership, yeah. the mentoring, um, and the whole psychology behind it. Cause that's really, that makes or breaks everything. The culture yeah, it really does. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So what's the next value driver? So the next value driver is what we call operating systems. And it's really all about, um, as a, when a buyer comes in, when they're looking just like your bank would. So when you talk to your banker or other, you know, whoever's financing you, when they come in, they're looking at making sure that your sustainability of your that your cash flow is sustainable. That there's processes in place that, you know, whether that means okay, we are formally doing budgets, which you know, a lot of companies do, a lot of don't. Uh, we're formally documenting the procedures. Um, mm-hmm. We have a word like repeatable, scalable. Repeatable, scalable just means if you have the right people to evaluate it, or if you don't, we can bring in consultants to help you. We want to identify the things that you do for your clients, f- with your employees, for your people, that we could possibly maybe make them repeatable and scalable. Scalable just means, can this process be completed really without um, manual input all the time? And the, the analogy I'll use, I try to use is, you know, a hardware store. So you go into a, your local Ace Hardware, there's really not a lot of repeatable, scalable things, right? You need people. You need um, people walking around explaining and showing where things are. Mm -hmm. Um, You go to your Ace Hardware. Whereas, you know, if um, I have a number of clients who are CPAs getting into what they call a virtual CFO business, virtual, you know, chief financial officer, where, you know, they can work from their house, they can invest in software, and they can leverage the software they're investing in, the technology, to work with multiple clients and you know mm-hmm. each time you get a new client doesn't does not necessarily increase your cost so that's really what scalable represents Got it. so when a buyer comes in and they're looking at your systems they're looking to see okay if you were gone you know mr founder um how would that affect the operations of the firm if your family you know a key family member which often happens is your cfo or your accounting manager you know, do you have processes in place? Are they, are they documented? Are they, is your software current? You know, I talked to a contractor yesterday and, you know, it's $20,000 to upgrade the software and they haven't done it in several years and there's no upgrades now. And so you're saving money by not upgrading today, but you're losing money on the back end when you go to sell absolutely. if you don't have scalable processes. So yeah, absolutely. We, we talk about operating systems that way. Yeah, and, and the other thing that, that kind of harkens back to is, and you've spoken about it on another podcast, is, is key man insurance, right? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That kind of ties into this because you've got certain people that are key to your business, but if you're wise, in my opinion, you start cross-training, right, for certain things, yes. to be able to cover for certain things. Now, there's, there's certain things that people do within your business that you just can't duplicate. We understand that. 
mm-hmm. there are so many things that you can, and there's so many things, like you said, as far as software and as far as uh, procedures and systems that can be upgraded and people can be trained correctly on that, uh, you know, on a new system that will help keep that well-oiled machine running when somebody is down. And, and right now, we're not talking about necessarily hit by the bus, but COVID is kind of a bus, right? It you, is, you know, for sure. Some, for some of these businesses, um, some of them are still getting together. There's a small office or whatever, but if somebody has had some exposure, all of a sudden they're out for 21 days, mm-hmm. you know, and it, hopefully you've got stuff in place like your team does where you can work virtually. But what if you don't, right? Who's covering that position? Who's filling in that gap for that amount of time? And that's my biggest concern right now for small businesses is that they weren't prepared for this. They weren't prepared for a either shutdown or being able to work remotely and having people that can cover all those things. So, and that's tough. And I can imagine that it's even tougher when somebody is looking at selling their business or transitioning it. If they don't have things in place, buyers are going to, you know, they're, they're going to take a lot off the top of that price uh, because they have to build something from the ground up. Yeah. And it's like one of the things I, uh, it's kind of a signal for me when I'm, when I'm, you know, looking at, at uh, companies and talking to the their operations people, and you know, if they in- immediately mention they've got these elaborate Excel spreadsheets that they've mastered and c- prepared, my first thought is, well, something happens to you. Who knows the formulas, right? Mm-hmm. You know, who can actually get into those things? Or, you know, I find with uh, in the legal profession, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you know, they still use Word Perfect, right? So I. Had, <laughs> Word Perfect was out in the 80s. It was a competitor to Word. You know, a lot of people listening to this podcast probably never heard of it. Yeah. But apparently just documents and documents and documents were created in the legal profession on Word Perfect, and they just haven't decided to upgrade, you know, or convert. Yeah. And just stuff like that, you know, where you're like, okay, well, somebody has to take on this project because if you're looking to exit or sell, you know, a buyer's going to discount the price if they have to work with that headache. Well, seriously, if you've got to get somebody to, you know, bring somebody in to translate your chiseled, you know, slabs of marble into mm-hmm. into working documents, then yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a problem. That's gonna be a hang up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The third, I'll, I'll jump into the third one, the third value driver, and that's we call it just a diversified customer base. So, okay, you know, right now I think people are looking at with the coronavirus, with this system shock, with this stress test. They're looking at their revenues and they're saying, okay, you know, maybe I was a little too concentrated. You know, I have a company that mm-hmm. works uh, probably a third of their revenue is in transportation for concerts, the hotel industry, entertainment, uh, Ringling Brothers, you know, think of the circus, things like that. So immediately when that sector, when that industry shuts down, uh, a third of your revenue goes away. Mm-hmm. You know, affecting a third of your employees, affecting of a third of your equipment, a third of, you know, probably more than a third, right? Diversified customer base is, is an important one. And, you know, so one of the things we look at is when we ask about that, oftentimes people just aren't aware, you know, how to even track that. A lot of great companies are, so I don't, I don't mean to say that. And the clients that I mentioned, uh, they do, they, they're right on top of it. But oftentimes they're not tracking and measuring it. That gets back to... Your team, you know, do you have the right team? Are you tracking and measuring the right things? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the projects need to be created. Maybe we need to uh, bring in your CPA, bring in your CPA firm. Um, you know, just bring in consultants, technology people to maybe help that out. But, but diversified customer base is what a buyer will look at so that they can understand their risk. Just like your investment portfolio needs to be diversified, we want to make sure that your revenue sources are also 
And that's something that you can't change immediately, but you have to think about long-term to get a better price when you're looking to exit down the road. Yeah, absolutely. One of my buddies and I were just talking about this. It was yesterday or the day before that there are a lot of groups with Airbnb that they saw the trend. They saw what was happening with Airbnb and they began to buy properties, right? So they, mm-hmm. they have multiple properties and they manage multiple properties, but they're all set, of, set aside for Airbnb. Well, from what I understand, Airbnb, if you have your, your place rented for a week to two weeks per month, it covers everything plus plus some income, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Airbnb is not doing real hot right now because nobody's traveling really. So those people right. that, like you said, that aren't diversified, that don't have other other things in place, if they've got 20, 30, 50 properties that all of a sudden went from being rented three weeks a month to two days a month, that's a huge problem. You know, so the, so the diversification of clients and, and kind of where your incomes are coming in from, boy, that's, that's a huge question right now, especially. And uh, I, I could see that that would be a huge concern for anybody looking to buy a business because you don't want to yep. be... This will be an incredible lesson for people to learn from this uh, ordeal we're going through right now. Exactly. And it could be, you know, client concentration. You want to make sure that, you know, a client, one client in particular doesn't represent a, you know, large percentage of Mm -hmm. your business. Uh, Geographic. Maybe other parts of the country will recover faster than New York, you know, from the Mm -hmm. coronavirus instance. So, you know, there's just all kinds of, there's a number of criteria for diversified customer base that a buyer will look at. And I think, again, having gone, going through this stress test right now, this is probably something that everybody just should be looking at as we prepare to exit at some point. Yeah. Tim, I know that we have nine drivers to cover and we've done three, <laughs> but we're out of time already. So would okay. you mind coming back for another podcast so we can do the, the remaining six? Yeah, that would be great because I'd rather not just jump through it all quickly. Yeah. I, I really want to cover it. Again, for, client, for people who are listening, we have an ebook on this topic that's got a lot more information. We have all kinds of checklists and resources. But again, you're right. I don't want to jump through it too quickly. So I yeah. think that's a great idea, Eric. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. And, and so where do we find that ebook? Because I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we will put it on uh, maybe a link on the podcast site, but you can also reach out to me anytime at tscanell at hightoweradvisors.com or on our website, www.htgreatlakes.com. All right. Well, I have one advantage over all our listeners. I'm in contact with you right now. Tim, I'd like to get that email, please. Okay. (laughs) I definitely will. All right. Thank you so much, Tim. I look forward to our next uh, meeting so we can get through those other six. Uh, Man, this was fantastic today. You're speaking my language, Tim. I love it. Anyway, any closing thoughts before I sign off today? Um, just that it, it takes a while. It can't be done quickly. We're all going through a incredibly stressful process right now with the coronavirus and the economic effect of that. This is the time you want to look at it so that we can get through this and grow the practice, grow the value, um, as you're looking to exit down the road. Yes, absolutely. And for those listening that are business owners, I can tell you this, known Tim for quite a while, worked with him on this podcast for, for many, many, many podcasts, and they've been fantastic. If you're considering selling your business or transitioning your business within the next three, five, 10 years, even you're going through something right now with the COVID-19, with the economy, it's tough. We understand that as business owners, we both understand that very, very clearly. 
So not only do you have to be concerned about what you're going to do for the transition of your business, but you also have to now change gears to ramp up your business again once the the mandatory shutdowns are over. Um, businesses are suffering. And if you're having a hard time right now, you need to reach out to Tim and his team because they have strategies that can help you during this time, during the next three years, five years, and 10 years to get you back on track to be able to transition your business or sell it on your timeline for the for the best possible price that you can get by building a good solid foundation. And maybe some of the foundation's been chipped away because of COVID. Well, they've got a good repair team over at, at uh, Hightower Great Lakes. So please consider reaching out to Tim. Uh, I, you won't regret it. And I'm going to also say this. Thank you so much for listening to the Wall Street Podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friend, family, and I'm going to encourage you to also share it with your colleagues. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream Podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. 